a cruise unequivocally is the most cost-effective vacation for a family. I'm Elisabetta, and I'm from Italy. Radio traveling is on the air. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Hey there, my friend. It's Aaron Schlein here, and welcome to Family Travel Radio. This is episode number 16. Once upon a time, cruise ships were for the very wealthy. But these days, cruise ships have become destinations of their own, with lovely accommodations, top-notch dining, and activities for the whole family. Today we're talking cruising. In the first episode of a new series here on Family Travel Radio, we like to call Cruise News. First up, we're going to be speaking with Heidi Allison Shane, president of Cruise Compete and publisher of All Things Cruise. And a little later on, we're going to chat with Hugh James. Hugh is the creator of Antouris Explorer Academy, which is a fleet-wide program on board celebrity cruise ships, where junior cruisers can learn about the planet while experiencing it firsthand, from wildlife to geography, exploration to survival. Kids can learn about the four corners of the globe while experiencing them with their families and all on board celebrity cruises. And speaking of cruising, I'd like to recommend for you an article written by Rena Nadar for Global Traveler. And the article is all about Caribbean cruising. In Rena's article, she details a Caribbean cruise she took with her husband and her two sons and her mother on Norwegian cruise lines aboard the Norwegian Getaway. She goes into great detail about the, the amenities on the ship and the dining and the ports of call with a detailed account of the shore excursions, which included swimming with dolphins in Cozumel, Mexico. Rena's article ends with a romantic conclusion that you'll have to check out for yourself. There is a link to Rena Nadar's article at familytravel.org slash radio. Here on this very first installment of Cruise News on Family Travel Radio, I am delighted to welcome Heidi Allison, who is joining us from her home in Rochester, Michigan. Heidi, welcome to Family Travel Radio. Thank you, Aaron, and thank you for inviting me to do this podcast with you. Oh, certainly the pleasure is all mine, Heidi. Heidi, before we dive in, I'd like you to just take take a quick moment, tell us about yourself, and go back as far as you can, and just tell me about the role that travel has played in your life. Tell me your story. Well, I guess I would have to say I've had a, I've been really blessed with a glamorous and fun career that's not even like work. Out of college, I started with uh, Princess Cruises, and I worked for them for several years. And uh, my husband was in the hotel business, so he managed hotels. We traveled all over the world. And the saying was, maybe you'll never be a millionaire, but you'll get to live like one. So that was our life. And I've enjoyed maybe 60, 70 cruises at this stage of my life. Well, that is remarkable. I love that. And living like a millionaire. Can't, uh, can't, can't really can't go wrong there. Heidi, this is our first installment of Cruise News, like I said. So if you could take a minute, briefly bring us up to speed, bring us up to 2018 in terms of the history of cruising for families. My first cruise, I was maybe six or seven years old. I did a transatlantic crossing with my grandmother. In those days, it was not a cruise ship. It was an ocean liner. It was on Cunard. The steward put out our sleepwear every night. I mean, every little tiny thing you could think of you were catered to. 
it was very opulent and very different than today's cruise ships. So that was my first experience taking a cruise. Cruises used to be for the very wealthy. And of course, they always had the lower uh, class for those servants traveling back and forth with them, which I don't agree with, but that's how it was. It evolved from ocean liners to cruise ships. And now we have family cruises where the entire family can go from grandparents to infants. All of the cruise ships cater to families. So there's always something for every age group to do when you're on a ship today. So I think here in in present day, most folks are aware of cruising to some degree. And when a lot of people think cruising, they think Caribbean, they think mega ships, water slides, and a a nonstop party atmosphere. But tell me, what are some of some unique or lesser known or underappreciated cruising opportunities and destinations for families? Approximately 65% of the cruises are to the Caribbean. But just because they're to the Caribbean doesn't mean that they're all party drinking a lot cruises. The rest of the cruises go all over the world. And I believe the statistic is only 15% of the population has even taken a cruise. Many people are looking at cruises all the time, thinking about taking their families. And as far as regions go, Africa has become very popular. Antarctica, Asia, Far East continues to grow. Cuba, I'm sure everyone is aware, was just opened up, I believe it was last year. And those cruises are selling out. These are all historical kind of tours where people go and they look at museums and they look at landmarks. And it's not all sun and fun. Everything from Europe, the Mediterranean, uh, the Pacific Northwest, the Panama Canal, which I've been through five times, uh, Russia, and transatlantic. And then, of course, there are world cruises, which our company, Cruise Compete, we noticed that that was the seventh most booked destination just recently. Many people have a world cruise on their list of what they would like to do. So those are also very popular. World cruise. That's a, that's a big, that's, that's a huge just mental concept. Tell me, what exactly is a world cruise? Well, in the past, just like cruise ships were ocean liners, many people who lived in the north wanted to escape from the winter. So most of the world cruises leave either L.A. or Fort Lauderdale around the beginning of January, right when many people would want to get out of town. Those particular cruises were like winter homes for many people. Today, it's more than just a a winter home. You stay on the ship for around three months. Every cruise line does them from Costa to Viking Ocean to Princess, Cunard, Crystal Regent, Seaborn, they all offer world cruises, generally departing early winter from a warm destination, bringing you back April just in time for springtime. Thinking families here, the family travel radio, off the top of my head, that doesn't feel like a family, a world cruise doesn't feel like a family experience. Do you see families on those three-month world cruises? Uh, it's my understanding that some, very few families go. If you're wanting to give your children an education, what better education could you give them than traveling around the world for three months? Bring a tutor. Take your child on a world cruise. I know cost is sold out in three hours. Wow. It's very price competitive. But you're right, Aaron. It's not a typical family cruise, but certainly families are welcome. And certainly it would give your child a major 
edge on life, seeing all these different countries and all these different ports. So I think it'd be a fantastic vacation for a family. No, I agree. And you're right. It isn't typical, but here on Family Travel Radio and the Family Travel Association, we're not about what's typical. We're about what's What's different? We're about exploring those possibilities in family travel and giving your tra- your children just the best possible experiences when it comes to travel. As we understand just how inspirational and transformative travel can be in three months on a cruise ship exploring the world. Seriously, does it get much better than that, Heidi? I don't know, but it's really super incredible just to think that that's even possible. Thinking outside the box, like you said, bringing a tutor, your life doesn't have to come to a, to a complete standstill because you want to do a transformative trip with your child. I, I love that. So tell me about, so there's, there's cruise skeptics out there. Again, it's kind of going back to that idea that there's just this one type of cruise for one type of person. So what do you say to those skeptics? How do you try to convert them over to, to being a cruiser? Well, it depends what you're looking for. And I've never really run into too many skeptics that people that I talk to about cruising, they all seem to want to go. Um, there are cruises for people who just want sun and fun, like you had mentioned, Aaron. Just like cars, there are different kinds of classes of ships for every different type of person. We've got contemporary, upscale contemporary, premium, ultra premium, ultra luxury. Then you get into the small ships. Then you get into the U.S. river cruise lines. Then you get into river ships. And then you get into expedition and luxury barge. There's sailing vessels. Whatever type of person you are, there is a cruise ship for you. I like what you said about those uh, those exponential, if that's a word, exponential. That those those big adventure experience cruises. Tell me about something like that. If I'm a, you know, I want to take my kids on not just a cruise. I want to go on an adventure. So tell me about some of the options there. Any cruise ship, including Royal Caribbean, Princess, you're going to have the option of taking shore excursions that can give them that kind of adventure. But yet it can give you, the adults, a little break because they have lots of family programs. So, for instance, let's say you take a seven-day cruise. Day one, you get there and you have a regular day on a cruise ship where you have all the fun and thrills and maybe get off the ship or go to a beach. The next day, you could have the option, Aaron, of going in Haiti and helping out a poor family, reading to them, maybe sewing some of their clothes, maybe cooking for them. Or you could also take a cruise tour where you leave the ship for three or four days and take the uh, railroad through Alaska and take a dog sled tour, um, maybe get to take a helicopter tour and look at bears. So all of these adventures are available. You could swim with turtles in the Caribbean. Whatever you want to make of it, you can find it on a cruise ship. So that, that all sounds amazing to me. And Heidi, quite frankly, I, I am an experienced cruiser. I've consumed the Kool-Aid when it comes to cruising. But just for a minute, just pretend, pretend that I'm not. Can you walk me through just some of the, the common pitfalls and some of the obstacles to, to planning and booking that very first family cruise? Well, from the different people I've spoken to, they're not sure what ship to go on. They have no idea which cruise line. So on all things cruise, there is a little chart that breaks it down by categories. So it's very clear for you to see what type of ships there are and which ones would be really great for families. It shows you the category, which again, most families aren't looking for luxury. They want laid back. They want a vacation. So it will break down all of the lines by category. It will tell you what's included, whether it's the restaurants, whether it's coffee, 
whether it's transfers, gratuities, airfare, shore excursions, butler service, all of these types of things are important because you have to remember, Aaron, a cruise unequivocally is the most cost-effective vacation for a family. For instance, we were at Atlantis with some friends, and no one was really paying close attention. My friends, uh, when we were at checkout, his food bill for room service, while we were out and about, and his teenagers were enjoying burgers and pizza every 15 minutes, I think, was close to $3,000 just for his room service bill. You're not going to have that on a cruise. The cost advantage is a very big thing. And then when you look at all the activities, all the different ports that you're going to have a chance to visit, there's no doubt about it. A cruise is the best value for a family. That's my humble opinion. Well, humble or not, it's it's a great opinion. And it's certainly one that I agree with. My family and I looked into going to Atlantis last year. And at the end of the day, uh, between the cost and just the, the hassle of getting getting that part of the world from California was enough to, we just, we decided to, to, to go somewhere else. We went to Hawaii instead, which is equally expensive, but much easier to get to from California. So Heidi, I know when I've been on, when I go cruising, there's always the, the first time cruisers are fairly easy to spot. What I mean by that is just, you know, it's kind of a, it's a new world and it's a new experience. So tell me about some, the, the onboard experience. What are some, what are some hacks and some, some pitfalls that people can avoid when they get on that ship for the very first time? Well, I guess maybe thinking that you have to do everything. You could book your dance card every minute on a cruise ship, or you can do what I do. And that's basically find the haven, which many of the ships have, where it's just peaceful and quiet. You can relax, sit by the pool, um, get off the ship when you get into a port that you want to see. But overall, probably trying to do too much. Pick the things that you really love and do those and maybe put in a couple of extras and make sure that you take time to relax because there are so many options from bingo to the spa to educational seminars to tours of the ship. It just goes, the list goes on and on. You could be busy every single minute. So that would be the only pitfall I see. Let's talk about for, for families, for, for parents traveling with their kids who want to find a balance between having, having fun with their kids and having these wonderful experiences, but also finding some alone time to, to spend with, spend with your spouse. What are some, what are some options there in terms of, of alone time for the adults? Well, you can find my book on, um, Amazon. It's the 2018 and we're coming out with the 2019 Family Guide to Cruising. Every year we put out this book. The first time I took my children, they were younger and I had wanted a vacation with them. My one son was so busy. He went to the children's club every day and he'd say, mom, I've got appointments. And I was (laughs) disappointed. I love that. Preface and plan out. Here's what we're going to do together. And here's the free time you can have to enjoy and explore your own kind of interests. That way there's a perfect balance between the parents getting to see their children and the children getting to feel like they're on their own and getting to be a big girl or a big boy while they're on the ship. That's that's a common theme here on Family Travel Radio, one we've discussed several times, and that's the importance of bringing your your children into the planning experience and giving them some some ownership over over the trip, and that really it brings them and brings them inside and engages them in a much deeper way than if you just planned it yourself and said, "Kids, this is where we're going." And I think the way you described there is is really perfect, and then setting those boundaries sort of early and often, and giving them time to roam and explore, and then making sure that the family time is there too, so everybody kind of everybody wins, and then you can't wait to to go back for the next cruise when it's when it is time to go home. 
Heidi, looking ahead to to the future in terms of cruising, what is what would you say the short term future holds? What are some exciting developments here in the next, say, six to twelve months when it comes to family cruising? Well, I think all of the cruise lines are developing and enhancing their private islands. From what I understand, the number one most popular port of call are the private islands. One of the visits when you go to the private island, it's like you are living in this non-reality where everything is beautiful and they have all these barbecues in this beach and Holland America has an island where they have these little cabanas with air conditioning and TVs and it's just absolutely beautiful. So I think the cruise lines are continually enhancing the private islands, continually looking at new experiences, what they can bring to the ships that people have not experienced that have already been on two, three, or four cruises. And some people say, well, the ships just keep getting bigger and bigger. And of course, they are a destination on their own. But there's a lot more adventure cruises where you get out and you kayak every day, you get out in your jet ski, and you're really active. So I'd say all those uh, enhancements will continue and just get better and better. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Heidi, for coming on this episode, this first episode of of Cruise News, really just sort of a background and overview of of cruising. And then future episodes, we're going to dive deeper into some of these really exciting opportunities that we've talked about here. In this episode, we're going to get into some some deeper details and really just continue to excite you, my friends out there in podcast land about the opportunities for family cruising. We've been speaking with Heidi Allison, and we invite you to research your next cruise at allthingscruise.com. And then once you've picked out your ship and decide where you want to go, go ahead and request a quote for that cruise over at cruisecompete.com. Heidi Allison, thank you so much for educating us. We're really excited to keep this cruise conversation going. Thanks for joining us on Family Travel Radio. I'm honored to have been your first interview. Thank you, Aaron. Sitting next to me is a gentleman named Hugh James, who I just met yesterday, been very pleased to connect with. Uh, Hugh is the founder of a company called Antouris, which you can find at antouris.org. And Hugh's done some work with Celebrity Cruises, particularly with the youth program there at Celebrity Cruises, which is the main reason I brought Hugh on today. But he's got plenty of other exciting things going on in his world. Happy to have him, Hugh. Welcome to Family Travel Radio. Thanks so much for having me, Aaron. My pleasure, sir. So let's let's start with the travel, man. You've kind of been all over. You've done a lot of things. How old are you? Uh, I'm 34 at the moment. So 34. So you've packed a lot of adventure into 34 years. Tell me, go back as far as you can and to your childhood. Where did this all start? Where did the travel bug come from? Don't remember a lot from my childhood, if I'm honest. Uh, I've got a bit of a bad memory. I see. I, I remember the things that really kind of stand out, the the the, the turning points uh, in my life. One of the biggest ones was um, I get asked a lot about uh, my background in science, and if I've always enjoyed science, if I always wanted to do it. One of the, the, the biggest turning points for me was um, when QVC was around quite a lot, I'm sure you remember, the shopping channel. Uh, I saw a telescope on there and really wanted to to have that telescope. So my parents bought it for me for, for Christmas, um, a lovely little Newtonian telescope, and uh, kind of set me on the path of a journey through science, really. So my degree ended up being astronomy and space science uh, and kind of take me around the world, kind of finding out more about the planet. Take me the abbreviated version, but take me from that first telescope to to your career, to your profession in in the sciences, and tell me about what you're just dig into your passions when it comes to science. It's funny that um, my passion seemed to be in a little bit of everything. My passion is in learning. 
mostly. Um, I really, I just come from a, a trip out in the, the French Alps where I, I've been a snowboarder in the past, and, but I really want to learn skiing because that'll give me more access to more mountains. And I was just super psyched to, to be out for five days learning how to ski properly. So wherever I get the chance to learn something new, I, I'll definitely do that. So uh, traveling around the world is that in a nutshell, right? It's, you get to, to learn something new every single day. Wandering around Manhattan, wandering around <laughs> New York. I've learned about all these places that I've, I've never been before. So uh, my journey between getting that first telescope and kind of going through university in astronomy and space science with a bit of geology, I wanted to be a planetary geologist. Um, I wanted to do that because I constantly wanted to learn new things. And that was one of my passions was space exploration. But I could have done a, a degree in anything and I, I wouldn't have minded. Just learning new things was great. So after that, I got out of university and did what any university graduate would do. I got a job in a bar. And then um, I decided I should probably do something with this, this bachelor's degree that cost a lot of money. So I went to the local science center. Um, the, the most famous science centers around the world, place like the Exploratorium over in San Francisco, the, uh, the Hayden Planetarium here in, uh, in Manhattan. And I went there and I did plant, planetarium talks, um, talks about the night sky and kind of give people a, a access to the, to the universe and kind of led me down a path of, can I mix travel, adventure and, uh, exploration and science together and teach people about the, the, th the problems that we're facing now on, on our planet. And it turns out when you start your own company, you can do it in whatever you want. So that's what I did. Real briefly, this isn't a, obviously is not a business show, but I'm fascinated by people like yourself who can, can take those passions and those seemingly unconnected dots and connect them in a meaningful way that not just sets you up with a, a wonderful career and journey, but also adds value to the world. Tell me about just that, that origin story of your company. So I mostly wanted to kind of talk about science. I kind of fell into that as a, a science communicator. And I wanted really to increase scientific literacy uh, around the world. So, you know, how if someone has uh, something wrong with them and they want to go to the, they want, they want to get it sorted, do they go down a route of something like homeopathy, uh, which has kind of no basis in, in science, or do they go for the medical route uh, with a lot of kind of Western science learning behind it? Um, and, you know, unless you, you think like a scientist, unless you go through that um, uh, journey of having this hypothesis and then coming to a conclusion, having observations and experimentation, you can easily go down the wrong path and end up in a place where you lose out on money, you lose out on health, you lose out on everything else. So I really wanted to kind of show people that by thinking like a scientist, you can end up kind of making the better decisions and the, the ones that will, will make you um, more healthy, more um, have more money and just all around better. So uh, I started doing that, but I was doing it in things like how does music work scientifically? How does how do buildings work uh, and from an engineering <laughs> standpoint, which are all great, but that wasn't my passion. My passion was in adventure and exploration. So uh, I quit my my job that I had at the time, which is working for university, and I decided I would get, I would get out a bank loan, um, and I would take four of my science friends and drive uh, two and a half thousand miles to our nearest to the highest active volcano in in Italy uh, from the UK. Um, I bought a second-hand car on the Tuesday, drove <laughs> it on the Friday uh, for four days each way, um, and started Antiris. And we started talking about, you know, the the science of our planet, and and that quickly turned into the the problems that we're facing in terms of uh, climate change, uh, plastic pollution, um, ocean environments that are, are quickly changing, being more acidic and the likes, and really kind of concentrating on what's happening right now. Because astronomy is great; I love the science and the stars. It works on a bigger time scale. If I don't sort 
stars out tomorrow, that's fine. <laughs> but climate change really needs to be sorted out in the next decade, really. Well, I love that. And there's just so many lessons in there for all you budding entrepreneurs out there in the family travel radio audience, just listening to how Hugh just put all those all of his passion in into into this new business and he didn't hesitate. You just pulled that trigger, ready, fire, aim, and just took off and, and made it happen. And that brought us to where we are today. So let's transition that that conversation and really focusing on, on the teaching and the sharing of knowledge in the context of your program with or your partnership with Celebrity Cruises Youth Program. Tell me about that. They came to me uh, about five years ago and I was doing talks on the ship at the time. So I was actually doing talks in uh, space exploration and uh, my expeditions that I'd been on. And at that time, they had a, a really strong enrichment program called Beyond the Podium for the adults. Uh, and that was getting in speakers from around the world to talk about the destinations that we, they were going to. And then also the um, the kind of specialist speakers who would talk about absolutely anything and everything of interest. And I was doing that. Uh, and they came to me and said, look, we've got this enrichment program for our adults. We should really have something similar for the, for the kids. And we hear you do that, this thing called Antirus. And I was like, that's great. That's my, that's my bag. That's what I really love doing. And they really wanted to change it from coming on board and having this experience, you know, great partnership with Xbox. Um, but they wanted a, a bit more uh, of an enriching time as well as the, the recreation, the culinary and everything else that they have. So we brought our Antirus Explorer Academy on board. Uh, and we we created a bunch of new sessions uh, along with the youth youth team um, to kind of talk about STEM. I was really excited to because the the places that I've gone to with Celebrity Cruises, there's no way better to to learn about glaciers than at, at the end of a fjord where you kind of sail right up to that glacier. About uh, coral reefs, then going to the Bahamas and, and like diving on those coral reefs. So it seemed an obvious partnership to me. Uh, to we were trying to educate the world in um, in STEM and in uh, all of the, the problems that we're facing, and they wanted to kind of give us access to all the kids they have coming on those ships on a yearly basis. What's that? What kind of age ranges are we talking? Are, are ideal for your program? So I, I was recently on the, the brand new ship called uh, which is Edge uh, Celebrity Cruise. Celebrity there, Edge, yeah. Yeah, I was there for for a month. A wonderful new ship. Wait, but you were there for a month? I was there for, a, for an entire month over Christmas. That's uh, incredible. Yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. And it was really good for me to see the youth staff in all their glory. And I always say that about Celebrity Cruises, and it's the only company that I, only cruise company that I work with, that the, I could give them absolutely anything. The, the programs that we create are great, but they're not the best thing about the cruise ships. The, the areas that they've got on the ships, the, the Fun Factory, uh, the, now the Camp at Sea, is great, but it's not the best thing. The best thing about the Celebrity Cruise uh, youth staff, youth team, are the team itself. So we've got one of the things in our new handbook, which is all about how, learning how to fly. Like you learn about the, dyna the, the dynamics of, of flight and you make paper airplanes and you do different things with it. Um, and they were, they were turning around. So like with the toddlers, they'd make little paper airplanes, but then they'd also read a, a toddler book about, um, about flight. And then to kind of ramp it up, with the older ones, they'd make airplanes and they had to do certain things, get it through a hula hoop, um, knock down a, a tower of stack caps. So these little sessions that we've been writing for them, which have STEM written into it, um, they've been turning, uh, they've been changing around to meet every single age group that we could possibly need. So it goes from right from three right up to, to 18. And they're the ones that kind of make it appropriate to that age group. That's brilliant. I just I really appreciate you sharing the insight about about celebrity as well. That was just knowing how much thought and care went into 
to this program and working with the youth staff. Super, super cool. That's the Antouris Explorer Academy. And how many ships are you on now? Uh, Fleetwide at the moment. Fleetwide. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. We just launched our new handbooks on Edge. We'll roll those back, back then to, to the rest of the fleet. Uh, and we've got loads of new cool ideas coming out this year. So just real quick, so it's kind of a kind of a new newish program. Tell me about some of the feedback, specifically from the the parents and the children. What have you heard? The feedback has been great, um, better than I could have imagined. I, I do a lot of new projects. I work with a, a lot of great brands, uh, and I'm fairly, I like to be fairly humble. I think it's a it's a good trait in in people uh, in general. But the the handbooks that we created, I worked with a great team uh, and a husband and wife team that designed and, and illustrated all the handbooks uh, back in Wales in the UK. And I just kind of been blown away by the, the feedback we, we've had because not only we've, we tried to, to write the, the handbooks and we've got three at the moment, the Explorer handbook, learn how to be an explorer, the Oceans handbook, learn all about coral reefs and things that live in the oceans and the, the problems we're facing. And then the coding handbook, which is coding at sea, but it's really put into the context of um, we've got plastic pollution in the, in the oceans at the moment. How can we use technology and coding to then uh, clean up the oceans? So they build sweepers and uh, reels to kind of reel that plastic in, uh, all with Lego. And uh, the, the feedback we've been getting is really um, people been loving it. They're nice and bright and great handbooks, but also people been kind of picking them up and taking them home. Because the problems we faced was... Um, how do we make a, a handbook, a magazine, a, a thing that people have that works uh, for the youth staff on board the ships, for the, the, the junior cruisers when they're there reading them by themselves, and also for the parents and the grandparents right. that when they take them home, they can all work together. So we had three separate audiences that are wildly different. Uh, and we also had this, um, this idea of being able to use them anywhere in the world. So it's quite a challenge. And I think we, we came up to it because the feedback we've had is just great. That's awesome. I can't, I can't wait to check it out with my kids. They're, they're three and almost six. I think it's going to be perfect. Get them, get them started. This is an incredible program, which is exactly why I wanted to have you on. It's the Anturis Explorer Academy of Fleetwide on celebrity cruises. And you can learn more about my guest today, Hugh James at Anturis.org. That's A-N-T-U-R-U-S.org. I want to thank Hugh for joining me today. I want to thank uh, QVC for se- selling him his first <laughs> yes, telescope when he was a just a wee yeah. lad and brought us brought him uh, out through this incredible journey that led us here today in New York City. Appreciate it, Hugh. Thank you so much. Yes, indeed, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Family Travel Radio. Of course, all the notes for this episode and for every episode of Family Travel Radio are available at familytravel.org/radio. I want to thank our special announcer for this episode. Her name is Elizabetta, and she recorded her intro live at the New York Times Travel Show a couple of weeks ago. Really appreciate you, Elizabetta. Thanks so much for being our guest announcer this week. All right, my friend, we'll talk again soon. This is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I am signing off.